Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Watches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Ennett, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persson. It's Collegially Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to another edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett with former Northwestern quarterback, Dan Persson. We're with you each week during the season, though we just took a bye week. I guess oh, well, the Wildcats weren't playing, so we use that as a little bit of a, a, I guess, what would you call it, Dan? Just a chance to kind of regroup and get our act together again? Yeah, reflection, regroup, uh, recharge, uh, come up with, with some motivating facts for, for the, the Northwestern Wildcats to finish out the season strong, but it's, it's definitely going to be an uphill climb. Yeah, Super Joe Romano needed it to get some new predictions going. He was on a roll, too. He didn't want to stop, but, uh, you know, the schedule is what it is, Joe. So Yeah, I think, you know, after going uh, 2-0 and in the previous two weeks, we can assume that I probably would have uh, gotten that one wrong. Yep. You know what they say about assume, don't you? <laughs> but we'll go ahead. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll go ahead and agree with you on that. Dan, from from a, a player's standpoint, when you get a bye week and things aren't going well and coming off what I think you look at as just a, a really, really rough day against Wisconsin that I think when we spoke last, we didn't really see that coming against a team which has just fired its coach because they'd had a, a bad loss at home to what's turning out to be a pretty good Illinois team. But that aside... Um, when when you're in that situation, I, w- I would think it's kind of tough. You have that loss linger with you for two weeks rather than get a chance to go out the following Saturday and do something about it and, and play better. Did you – I don't know if you were ever in that situation where you had a bye coming off a bad game, did you? Yeah, we never – you know, certainly not a blowout loss like that, but I think, you know, the thing that sticks out in my mind was in 2010 we were undefeated. Uh, and we played Purdue going into a bye week at night, and we just we just didn't play well. It was a close game. It sh- it should have been close. You know, we were driving at the end of the game to win the game, and had a holding penalty, and, and then missed a field goal to lose the game. Um, so that would have put us at you know I think six and zero going into that the Michigan State matchup when they were a top ten team. Um, so yeah, I think it, it it definitely lingers with you longer. It hurts more. You don't you don't have something to focus on that Monday because. You know, there's, there's no one, you're not playing anybody on Saturday. So, um, you know, it works in opposite directions too, right? If you have a big win going into a bye week, it's, you know, the greatest week ever, right? You get to kind of relax, you, you roll that momentum into the next game and, and kind of take a weekend off and, and just be a fan and watch football. So, um, yeah, I, I can't imagine what that would feel like, right? Getting, getting really manhandled and blown out going into a bye week and then, you know, waking up on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and having to basically relive that for a whole week and not you know, have the ability to redeem yourself, it's got to be tough. But um, the guys and, and Fitz need to do something, right? They're, they're on a, a rough roll. And um, I think I saw a stat last night that their upcoming schedule is the third or fourth hardest schedule um, from, from a strength of schedule and win percentage standpoint. 
in the entire NCAA for the rest of the year. So it's not going to get any easier. They're playing a bunch of good teams, so they, they need to figure something out. Yeah, they uh, they go to Maryland this week, and we'll talk a, a little bit about that. But obviously there's a big question hanging over that game with the injury to uh, Talia uh, Tungo Vailoa, the quarterback for Maryland, who got carted off the field in the fourth quarter against Indiana last week, a game they won, but uh, he aggravated a knee injury. He had sprained his MCL, I think, against Michigan is what their coach Michael Loxley said this week, and he's going to be a game-time decision. And he's a difference maker. I mean, I know probably if you look at most starting quarterbacks in FBS football, you would say the starter is is a difference maker. But this guy is uh, probably as dynamic a quarterback as maybe anybody outside the guy in Columbus, right? I mean, if you look around the Big Ten in terms of his ability to make plays with his arm, with his legs, distribute the ball to a bunch of different receivers, who, by the way, are also pretty good. And uh, we won't know, apparently, till Saturday whether he's going to play. Yeah, I think dynamic's the perfect word. Um, and, and Northwestern fans remember him from the Maryland game in, in 2020 when he kind of had a rough day and so did the team. But, you know, he's, he's two more years more experienced. He's, he's certainly playing that way. Um, and hopefully he plays so, so Northwestern gets them at their best. But, um, yeah, if Maryland doesn't have him, it'll be definitely be a big loss. I'm sure they have, you know, capable backups. But to your point, I mean, he's definitely in that upper echelon of, of quarterbacks in the Big Ten and, and really underrated, in my opinion, and, and Maryland in general is underrated. Um, so, you know, obviously love to see him on the field regardless of what happens. He started his college career at Alabama, transferred to Maryland, and, and that game at Ryan Field to start the, the COVID season 2020 was his first start for Maryland. And it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago, and yet he's now – Number two all time at Maryland in passing yards, touchdown passes. He's he's breaking all the records, and it's only as I say his third year as a starter. And that first year was was shortened. He's started, I think. Uh, what did I see? He started a couple dozen games, I believe. But uh, still, he's he's still relatively new to the scene. So uh, this will be interesting to see what happens with him. But getting back to your point about the schedule. Maryland on the road, Iowa on the road. Then you get a breather. You come home, and for your only home game in a span of five games, you play Ohio State. And then you go back on the road to play Minnesota and Purdue before you host Illinois, which is, by the way, currently ranked number 18. So uh, I, I think that stat is probably pretty accurate about this being as tough a schedule as there is remaining in college football. Maybe you say well, you're not playing Michigan and you've already played Penn State, but otherwise this it's a brutal stretch. And yet you go into this game in Maryland, you're one and two in the Big Ten. If you somehow come out of College Park with a win, uh, and through four Big Ten games, despite your overall mark, you're you're only 500. So that's I don't know. It it, it seems like it it's within the realm of possibility, but you got to get things turned around pretty quickly. And the big thing, Dan, has been these turnovers that just they got to make you crazy, right? 16 turnovers in six games, and and really, let's see, 15 of those have come in the last five games. Yeah, I, I, you're just not going to win any football games turning the ball over that much, right? You don't give yourself a chance. You don't give the defense a chance. 
Um, and I think the most concerning thing is it, it seems like you know the guys are losing heart a little bit um, sooner than we've seen in previous Northwestern teams. So hopefully they can, they can put it together. Again, it's not going to get any easier, and they need to, to, to keep you know the upcoming team in front of them because if you look ahead, it, it seems pretty daunting as we do as fans. Um, but yeah, you, you got to take care of the football. Um, you got to play with more heart, got to play with more intensity, um, and just find a way to, to play like you did in, in Ireland, frankly. It just seems like at this point, two completely different teams. I don't know what they did in, in Ireland. I know it was a great atmosphere and there's a lot of adrenaline, but how, how do you bottle that up, find that magic again, especially on offense? Um, but they, they just seem to play flawlessly. So I don't know what they have to do, but to, to kind of, you know, take themselves back to that mindset, but hopefully they can do that. You know, they, uh, it's interesting. You go back to that game in Ireland against Nebraska and they really did play well. And granted, um, it was still a tight game. It still came down to a field goal, but they had a lot of different guys make plays in that game. Uh, Raymond Nairo, Donnie Navarro, Helinski played well at quarterback. The offensive line blocked well. Uh, we saw what, Obviously, Evan Hall and Cam Porter did in that game, piling up the yardage. Defense came up with, uh, I think, three turnovers or three takeaways in that game, including an interception to to clinch it. So, yeah, they just haven't been able to to recapture that. But you wonder if you're able to do that, if you can kind of get things back on track a little bit. Uh, it's It's been a combination, really, and I guess – that's what football's about, right? You're, when things are going good, everybody's kind of clicking, and when things aren't going well, then it's it's definitely kind of coming at you from all directions, and that seems to be how it is right now with this team. I agree, and, and to your earlier point, you know, the the, the saving grace is really that the Big Ten West um, is still kind of wide open, right? You know, mm-hmm. if Northwestern finds a way to win and in Maryland and, and, you know, plays decently well in, in other places, they're, they're still, you know, have an outside shot of controlling their destiny um, because outside of Illinois, no one's really emerged as a leader. I mean, I think Nebraska's two and two in the conference. I think they're, they're the third, yeah. third team uh, currently in the big wet, big 10 West standing. So, I mean, if nothing else, that should give you hope. But again, it's, they just Northwestern hasn't really shown, the ability to play like they did in that first game in the past five games. Who, who would have thought that uh, that game at Illinois coming off a bye this week goes out to Nebraska next week, that that game would have so much of a bearing on the Big Ten West, but it really could if you look at it. And, of course, I know everybody's been pointing towards that Illinois-Purdue showdown, too, as, as being very significant as far as who's going to come out of the West because Purdue's playing really well. Purdue's playing great. I mean, I think the, the, the Big Ten West might not be as dominant at the top um, as the Big Ten East, but I think it's, it's certainly as deep, right? Um, there's there's five or six teams um, in the West that, or maybe four or five, that have a legitimate chance to, to win the West. So I think that's what makes it fun, the parity. Um, you know, every game matters. It's not like there's Ohio State or Michigan running away with, with the top of the division. So um, it'll certainly, you know, add to some, some drama towards the end of the year you got uh, illinois and purdue both at three and one and uh, nebraska alone in third at two and two and then you got three teams at one and two in the conference uh the wildcats minnesota and iowa and then wisconsin uh, at one and three and the badgers back at home this week taking on 
Purdue. So that that could get kind of interesting, right? I mean, uh, Purdue certainly has it rolling right now. They've won four in a row, uh, and we know Wisconsin uh, after the win at Northwestern got back in the loss column last week, and they they find themselves maybe whatever kind of a boost they got following the the coaching change and the elevation of Jim Leonard interim coach just. Uh, they still went overtime, but uh, that will be an interesting one to watch. So, uh, let, why don't we get a, a first-hand perspective on the Cats, Dan? And we bring in a guy who I think has been a real bright spot for this team in his uh, first year uh, with the Wildcats. After we watched him uh, play against the Cats for a number of years for the Illini, and a local guy out of Nequa Valley High School, wide receiver Donnie Navarro the third, also the Wildcat punt returner. Donnie's just off the practice field in Evanston. Donnie, we appreciate uh, you taking a few minutes to be with us. Dave Ennett, Dan Persa here. And, you know, we, we talked about where this team is halfway through the season. I know it's, it's certainly not what you guys were expecting coming out of Ireland after the win over Nebraska. But uh, if you would, kind of give us a little bit of a, a state of the union here on this team and, and the mindset of the past two weeks in practice since the Wisconsin game. Yeah, well, we obviously had a bye week this past week, and um, we had an opportunity to really reflect um, just on what's happened, right? We you know, did a team exercise where we said, okay, what are some things we're doing well? Uh, what are things we need to fix? And then how are we going to fix them, right? And so, um, you know, each guy has done their own individual kind of self-scout, self-study. And, you know, as an offense and as a team, we've done the same thing. So uh, those are some of the things that we're focusing on as we continue to practice. You know, I've, I've really been impressed with the response uh, from our team um, going into, you know, the bye week practice, looking to improve in a lot of areas and then continuing into this week uh, as we prepare for Maryland. Donnie, you've played a lot of football, starting with your career at Valparaiso. Well, going back to your Nequa Valley days, but Valparaiso, then Illinois, now here. You're in your first year in the program, but at the same time, you're you're a veteran uh, with with a lot of experience. So, is it kind of um, strange to be in sort of a leadership role, even though you're in your first year playing for Northwestern? You know, uh, you bring up a good point for sure. I think just, you know, as you say, with the experience aspect of things, I'm, I'm you know, um, kind of used to being in this in this spot. I, I, you know, even last year, I kind of considered myself an experienced guy. I was, you know, still a fifth-year guy. So um, really just using my experiences, using my knowledge for the game, um, you know, to help, my, you know, my team in any, in any way possible. Um, I take that seriously. I, you know, the coaches have um, challenged me to take a little bit more of a leadership role, you know, as – um, the season goes on, so uh, I'm looking to do everything I can from a leadership role, from a on the field uh, receiver role uh, to help this team win. Donnie, thanks again for for joining us, Dan Percy here. Dave and I were, were chatting before about you know just the continuity and kind of the the flow that um, the offense specifically had in Ireland. It looked like everything was clicking, both you know on the in the passing game, running game, run blocking, etc. Um, there's been some bright spots in the other games, but you guys haven't really been able to capture that that magic for. Word. What do you guys need to do? I guess what's what. What was the difference in, in feeling in Ireland versus some other games, and how do you get back to that that continuity on offense? Yeah, you know, I think it's about finding a rhythm, really. Um, and you know, I think we've we had a lot of rhythm in Nebraska, a lot of uh, confidence going into it. Um, and I think it just goes back to looking at the film, and 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 you know, we've 
kind of had some self-inflicted wounds. I think we've um, done some things where um, it's not all, it's not about talent, right? It's about you know um, doing things that doesn't take talent at all. It's like you know getting your head in the right spot, you know things like that. Um, sometimes penalties um, and things like that. So if we clean those things up. Uh, we can develop a rhythm. Um, and again, you know, I, I have full confidence that um, as we you know continue to prepare and continue to work hard, that we're going to fix that. Donnie, tell us a little about your connection with the quarterbacks, uh, with with Ryan Holinsky, because it sure seemed, like going back to that Nebraska game, like, man, right off the bat, uh, he was he was trusting in you, throwing you some, some balls. You made some unbelievable catches, maybe not unbelievable to you, but really good catches. And uh, he seemed to have a lot of confidence in you. And, uh, and then last game, we, we saw two other quarterbacks out there, including Brendan Sullivan, who had uh, competed with Ryan for the starting job in fall camp. Kind of give us an idea how you developed that, that connection with these guys who you haven't played with for that long. Yeah, and it comes with just, you know, routes on air. Um, it comes through film study. It comes through, you know, communication. I'm constantly... Um, you know, exchanging text messages back between Ryan and Brendan um, just to, you know, make sure we're on the same page. If, you know, Ryan, we get this look, you know, I'm going to look quicker here, kind of things like that, um, just so that, you know, we're out there and it's just, you know, we're just playing pitch and catch, really. And, and that, you know, we focus on that in practice. We, you know, if you connect on it in practice, you're going to connect on it in the game um, and things like that. So, you know, dating back to when I came here in the summer, uh, we did a lot of extra work, a lot of routes on air. Um, and things like that. So I credit those guys for just, you know, always being up to it. Um, and we can, we, you know, we're definitely continuing to do that um, as we progress through the year. All right. So you're here now. You've you've got uh, six years now uh, since, well, Valpo, you played in 2017. You did sit out the one year when you transferred. Uh, kind of give us an idea of how you look at, at your career, how it's evolved from your days in Valparaiso uh, through your time in Champaign and now playing here, kind of finishing it off with the Wildcats. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I kind of get this question a lot, and I think since I'm in the heat of it, you know, I guess to the end, but I haven't thought about or reflect too much on it, but I know that uh, over these you know past six years, I've learned a ton. Um, I've had a lot of really good experiences. Um and, you know, I, I, I think positively about my experience. And I just, you know, um, love that I'm here in Northwestern. I love being in Evanston. And I'm really excited to just kind of finish out my college career with these guys. I've had really good times with my teammates, my coaches, great relationships that I've built. Um, and so I'm excited to, you know, hopefully these last six weeks, you know, do some good things. I know you're, you're halfway through your season. You do have six games to go. Uh, obviously, your former team has, has had a, a great year so far. I mean, they've they've done really well. Um, is is part of you, even though you're here, part of you pulling for them, even though that's a team that you're trying to overtake in the standings and that you're going to face November 26th in Evanston? Yeah, you know, I, I've got a lot of uh, friends that still go that are still on the team and that I stay you know, in touch with, and I want nothing for the best for those guys for sure. Um, complete respect for them. Um and um yeah but november 26 you want to beat them yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. hey donnie we appreciate your time it's been great uh watching you play this year i i think you're you're gonna break one on one of these punts here before too long you feel you feel like that's coming 
Yeah, we need to. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, I hope so. We've been working on it, so we'll see. All right, we'll see you on the trip to Maryland. Have a have a great game Saturday, and again, we appreciate the time. Yep, thanks so thanks, much, guys. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks. That's Donnie Navarro, the third wide receiver for the Wildcats, their punt returner. Yeah, I, I think if if I remember correctly, I think the game in Champaign last year, he almost took a punt all the way back against the Cats. He's got big play potential, which we've seen, and uh, who knows? Maybe he'll maybe it'll be this week. You n- you never know. But uh, very impressive guy, and I think that says something, Dan, that he can. Look at what Illinois has done. And I would think if you're down in Navarre, it would be easy to look at Illinois and see them sitting there at 6-1 and one and ranked 18th and think, hey, wait a minute, that's what I thought I was signing up for here. And now my former team is there. But, you know, he's clearly got some uh, close relationships, close ties to that team, but uh, still wants to go out there and beat them. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's a tough situation. And I'm sure he, he might – answer that question a little bit differently if you ask it, ask it offline maybe um, maybe yeah yeah i mean you could you could tell he's he's a very seasoned guy mature guy um i, I can see why the coaches are probably pushing him for a bigger bigger leadership role but to your point it's tough right you know you're you show up there in the summer and you, you've been basically with the team for a handful of months to to step up and, and really be a great leader it's hard when, when you just don't like actually know these guys that well but I think in tough times, things like that need to happen, right? He's yeah. demonstrated that he's a playmaker and a, and a seasoned vet. And, you know, the, the younger guys and the guys that aren't maybe sure of themselves are going to look to him for leadership. So he needs to definitely fill that void. Well, uh, let's take a quick check. The, uh, the Big Ten schedule this weekend, along with the Wildcats in Maryland, Iowa, the Cats' next opponent playing at Ohio State, which comes to Evanston, in two weeks, on November 5th, Minnesota plays at Penn State. Penn State, Ohio State's coming up, too. Uh, Purdue at Wisconsin, Indiana at Rutgers. How about Super Joe's prediction of the week? I think it's time. Let's see if he can keep this role going. Joe? Prediction. Super Joe's Predictions. Yep, don't stop now, boys. Two in a row. Um, I'm looking at a game this weekend that is always a game of the year. Um, and I don't necessarily mean the matchup as much as I do the atmosphere. Penn State is holding its whiteout against Minnesota, which is odd with Ohio State on deck that they would p- pick Minnesota rather than um, just do that against Ohio State. Uh, I'm looking at the total, Dave. It's 44-and-a-half. Now, if you uh, paid attention to both Penn State and Minnesota last week, neither starting quarterback was able to finish the game, and I think that'll play a role coming into this week. They're both questionable. I would think if Penn State had to choose, they would maybe hold Clifford um, for the Ohio State game. Uh, Tanner Morgan, still, uh, he was taken off on a cart, so I really don't know about that. Uh, I think both offenses will be slow to roll. It'll be really cool to see the whiteout atmosphere. The game might be a little uh, less exciting. Under 44.5 is the pick. Okay, I yeah, I I can see that. Big and part of it is just the element of the unknown there, right? Correct. But, but let's face it, Minnesota wasn't exactly tearing it up when Tanner Morgan was in there before he got hurt against Illinois. That's a credit to Illinois' defense, but still uh Ibrahim is is looking pretty good. That Minnesota running game is still formidable. Absolutely. So, so, One of the best offensive lines in the in the entire Big Ten. No for, doubt. For A lot of experience, but then again, Penn, State, Penn State's defense generally is pretty good. Yeah, good bounce back spot for them. Absolutely. All right, so um, 
Dan Persa, Saturday, Maryland, and uh, the Cats look for a bounce back of their own. And again, it's kind of tough for us to speculate on what's going to happen because we don't know about the Maryland quarterback situation. But uh, clearly, this will be a huge test for Northwestern's defense, whether or not Tungo Vilo plays in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's some question marks on the Northwestern side for, for their quarterback, whether we'll see Holinsky, who who was injured against Wisconsin, or or Sullivan, who who came in as mm-hmm. in relief. Um, but I think it's a really important game. I think you know at the end of the day, Northwestern needs to take care of the ball early, stay in the game, uh, you know, give their defense confidence, give their offense confidence that that they can indeed win this game, which I think they can. Right? They they just need to find a way um, to to protect the football, get in the rhythm on offense, and and not give up any big plays on defense, and and find a way potentially if if Tagalog, I, I always if Tully is not playing. I don't want to butcher his last name. Um, you're better than not than than me, Dave. Um, but if he's not playing, you know, find a, find a way to take advantage of an inexperienced backup and see if he can get some turnovers or some pressure on him. Um, and you know, it, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they won, but they just need to play a lot better um, than they had the last couple of years. See, now you know why everybody just calls his brother Tua, right? And call, call him. I think right. in the broadcast, I may just call him Talia. I don't know what I there did the last time we played two years ago, but <laughs> it'll be interesting. We'll see. Saturday, uh, College Park. Dan, thanks. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. And again, uh, Saturday, the Cats and the Maryland Terrapins from College Park, Maryland. It's a 2.30 kickoff Chicago time. We will have the game for you on WGN Radio. Our pregame starts at 2. We hope you will tune in then. Many thanks to Super Joe Romano for his prediction of the week. And also thanks to Donnie Navarro III for jumping on with us. For Dan Persa, I'm Dave Ennett. This has been Collegiately Speaking. We'll talk to you again next week.